Welcome to Five Star Weekly. How did it go against the Kitties in the season opener? We recap. And we also preview the 2021 home opener against the Chicago Fire over the weekend. All that and more coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Shot Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. So Atlanta United drew Orlando City in the season opener for the 2021 season, nil-nil. And Atlanta United, they started off with Guzan back between the sticks. Lennon, Robinson, Walks, and Bello in that back line. Barco, Sosa, and Heinemann a little bit more attacking in midfield. And then Mulraney, Moreno, and then Jose, or Felicia Lopez rather up top. And so uh, definitely that kind of 4-3-3 that we've been playing. Of course, system a little bit uh, more fluid than usual uh, for what people expect of LA United uh, in previous years, but definitely yes. Uh, you know, in Gabriel Hainsey's system against Orlando City, uh, we, you know, I think looked pretty decent in that buildup, but it's just that uh, that final third that maybe was a little bit lacking, but uh, Mark, let's just get your thoughts first off, off the top. Yeah, and I'll just kind of repeat what I said on the uh, the fan cams after the match, but I felt like more, especially more in the first half, um, Atlanta enjoyed territorial, uh, I guess the territorial advantage. Um, you know, I, I certainly think they kept the ball better. I certainly think they were more in control of the game. I also think you saw what Orlando uh, had set out to do. They were clearly sitting in a in a medium low block, if you want to call it that. So, but definitely looking to hit Atlanta on the counter. Um, and so it was, uh, I think, uh, from uh, Oscar Pereja's perspective, it was, it was definitely a very tactical setup, um, a bit cautious, I think. Um, and so I think that's uh, that set the stage for the game that we saw. In the second half, I do think Orlando um, got forward a little more. Uh, we're able to put Atlanta on the back foot a little bit. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Atlanta had their chances as well. Um, there were one or two chances. I think Brooks Lennon hit the hit the bar with a header. Um, so, you know, uh, it was uh, overall, I think, a game of few chances. Um, and it kind of comes down to how both teams approach the match. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it, fairly even affair for the most part in terms of the number of shots. Both 11 uh, shots on target. Both were three. Uh, and yeah, no real, uh, even though it was, it had a little bit of a kind of, uh, Darby atmosphere, just, uh, a little bit in terms of the type of, uh, you know, fouls that were happening, happening, but, uh, yes. no calls from Jair Marufo, uh, in terms of any yellows, of course, no reds. And so kind of good, maybe in a way that he, he let everybody play in that, in that sense, but also, uh, yeah, he let a lot of stuff go that maybe could have been carded on both sides. So either way, if they, uh, you know, if they want to play it this way in terms of like uh, the refs, um, you know, maybe if it's fair on both sides, I'm cool with it. Um, you know, that way there's not early, you know, kind of card trouble for a lot of teams. Kind of good with that because uh, who wants that? I mean, you know, it takes away essentially what would be probably the best players on both sides 
uh, or any team and uh, kind of makes that an issue early on. So kind of okay with Marufo being a little reticent. But uh, anyway, in terms of uh, yeah that first half, um, yeah, a couple of opportunities for each team. But yeah, really nothing to write home about really a lot. It's uh, yeah, just uh, like you were saying that that Lennon uh, miss that uh, yeah was pretty close. Uh, Mulraney had a little bit of a you know he cut inside uh, that forced a save. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's uh you know I think you you want to see a little bit more aggressiveness, maybe possibly shooting from outside a little bit more. Possibly. I mean, it's. Uh, I think that there's a lot. Uh, there's a, a several reasons why uh, you know we haven't been creating as many chances so far this season. Uh, certainly, you have to look at the forwards, um, and you know, obviously, you kind of have to talk about Joseph. Like he's not there yet. We know that he's really only got uh, 60, 70 minutes in him right now, um, and so he's clearly rusty. And then in terms of the other, you know, even outside of Joseph, though. <clears throat> I do feel like you have a few question marks if you're looking at that front front three, uh, whether you're talking about Jurgen Dom or Moreni or Moreno, who's been playing up there. Uh, you know, is Barco in eight or is Barco going to be uh, forward? Will we will we see Barco forward going forward? Uh, will we see Eric Lopez? You know, uh, we've certainly seen a lot of Licha Lopez. So, uh, you know, the goals have to come from somewhere. And I think we're going to have to figure that out. Right. I think... Looking at uh, the past history of a lot of these players, there's not a lot of double-digit scoring either, and so that kind of uh, is a thing that we need to work on in terms of that, uh, you know, just being more aggressive, uh, either even outside of the box or in the box, and um, you know, just really trying to make uh, the opportunities count. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Licha Lopez has probably had to drop deeper than he's liked, maybe in a sense, um, you know, to try to connect the lines a little bit for. Uh, for us but uh also yeah i mean you know he's also 38 years old so you know we'll uh right. we'll see if that uh does become a factor uh but so far yeah i mean it's you know this is still the first match so you know worrying signs not exactly but uh it is uh at least for for the first three matches you know we're seeing that yeah you know, we'd like to put the ball in the back of the net a little bit more frequently than we currently are. So there is sure. uh, that to work on. But um, And one point I would make as well, you look at uh, MLS teams that participate in Champions League and how they did over the weekend. Philadelphia and Columbus played each other to a nil-nil draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Portland lost 1-nil to Vancouver. And Toronto, the only team that scored of those CCL teams, they lost 4-2 to Montreal. So a mm-hmm. uh, little bit of a kind of rough start for pretty much all those uh, CCL teams. Maybe there's a little bit of fatigue in there. Who knows? Um, But I just thought that was a a curious thing that occurred over the weekend. Definitely, yeah. There's usually some uh, some hangover sometimes, uh, especially very early on uh, for clubs that are in Champions League or, you know, uh, you see that in Europe all the time too. Uh, definitely for Arsenal, they uh, there's a, uh, a hangover from uh, you know any Europa League action, and then onto the weekend, it's yeah usually not the best result. So uh, at least yes, we did get a result here. But uh, yes, uh, getting into that second half, uh, definitely I think Orlando grew into the match a little bit more, um, and I think that's what's interesting. You know, you see a little bit of uh, Orlando pretty much. 
kind of playing like a smaller club a little bit in that way, um, <laughs> you know, like early on, and then growing into the game. And uh, I think, yes, to be honest, they did have the best chance through Bato uh, when, yeah, he oh. sliced through us a good bit in, a, in our box. Ooh. And uh, we, uh, we had to have some last-ditch defending to uh, really see him out. But uh, No, he floored some people. Let's, like, let's not even... Yeah. <laughs> can't beat around the bush about that, man. Ooh, yeah. Man. You rolled the clock back for that move. Indeed. And hopefully, uh, you know, maybe that's his, like, you know, highlight of the season, hopefully. <laughs> right. <laughs> Against us. That's. Uh... I want to say, too, I'm glad that uh, it seems that he's going to be okay in terms of his knee injury. It doesn't appear to be serious. So I'm actually yeah. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, any any uh, anytime there's a Chelsky, uh, you know, former player or something, of course there's. A... Oh, he doesn't count. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <He's a> ghost. <laughs> I know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, uh, so you know, uh, all in all, uh, though, you know, we still had a, a couple chances late on. Uh, Machop Chol made his MLS and Atlanta United debut. That was uh, awesome to see, and. Uh, yeah, he uh, was in on goal, and he just missed uh, across from Brooks Lennon. And, um, yeah, Franco Ibarra, he got a shot off late that, uh, yeah, was from distance. Forced another save from Galice. So, you know, uh, I think we just, we need to take our chances. It's just, uh, and they're all, yes, all very young guys, too. So, you know, the consistency, I think, is uh, definitely something that we just need to work on anyway and definitely from younger guys that's almost mm -hmm. always the case right but yeah. uh but Licha Lopez yes he does need to maybe also speaking of rolling back the clock hopefully rolls back the clock and uh you know starts putting in some of the chances for us as well but right. I think the key is also getting him closer to the box yes. and uh fashioning some chances for him but uh because yeah just looking at the the passing network, I mean, he just has to drop so deep. So the forwards uh, basically are, are our wingers, and they have to pretty much, you know, do the job. And uh, so far, not so much. You know, makes sense. Um, they're, uh, yeah, you know, in terms of uh, Orlando City, they were able to get a few shots off from distance. And I think, um, you know, that's where... You know, they do see that Guzan has that weakness from shots from distance. I think that's something that, uh, you know, that is wise to do. And, uh, you know, we need to test the keeper in all sorts of ways. And, you know, I think uh, especially uh, if they're not as sure-handed, that's something that, you know, can possibly happen. But, uh, you know, Joseph Martinez, when he came on, he I think possibly had the best chance. Uh, definitely his XG on... His uh, his shot was the highest of any player, and uh, was 0.52. And for Atlanta, ours was pretty much marginally higher. We arguably could have, uh, you know, if we were more clinical, won this game uh, against Orlando. Who, again, you know, uh, like we've said in the the preview last week, yeah, are on the up in that sense. They. Uh, have a lot of continuity within their team and definitely looked like a uh, a formidable challenge but you know yeah. we still you know still growing into our uh, our team in that way uh looked you know pretty damn good but uh you know what what are your thoughts any final thoughts on this match 
Um, yeah, I think that uh, the chances created will come as the build-up play gets better. I still think there are moments where the build-up build up play could be quicker, more decisive. Uh, I, I don't think we're seeing a whole lot of like one-touch football quite yet. And I think that'll come with the chemistry. And so I think as the build-up play gets better, um, the goals should come, at least. Um, I like that we've looked solid at the back so far. And uh, I think that's something to build on. So, you know, um, I still, I'm still optimistic, you yeah. know, even though, like, I would preach, I would continue preaching. It's going to take time. It's not going to, you know, we're, we're trying to build Rome right now, basically. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, looking at these positives, I mean, uh, Brad Guzan gets uh, another clean sheet in a sense uh, in the, his 37th clean sheet for the club. Uh, that's pretty damn good. Um and uh, it's our third team clean sheet, of course. Miles Robinson, he had a team-high 10 recoveries, and uh, or game-high, really. Uh, and then Anton Walks, he had a pair of crucial blocks, uh, also including a team-high five clearances and three interceptions. So, yeah, basically, our, uh, our back line is doing work for sure. Uh, Brooks mm-hmm. Lennon had 10 crosses. Uh, the most he's had for the club and the second high of his, highest of his career. I mean, basically, uh, that back line was uh, pretty much immense. And um, I think what we were talking about a little bit in, uh, you know, our, uh, our back line doing such a good job to start the season, uh, you know, it, uh, it brings some interesting conversation that we'll kind of, we touched on in the fan camp, but also get into a little bit later. But uh, Brooks Lennon, I think we need to talk about a little bit here in terms of, you know, uh, Ronald Hernandez pretty much is hasn't featured. I mean, and, uh, you know, Brooks Lennon, who wasn't really our starting uh, starting right back uh, last season, is pretty much looking like the man to beat at that position. And, um, you know, what do you think, like, in terms of, like, what is he bringing to the squad that, um, you know, maybe that maybe we were missing last year and from that position. And uh, I think you can see, like, you know, he's a feature, I think, definitely on that, uh, you know, wide right. He's always available, mm-hmm. always wanting to mm-hmm. put in, you know, a ball into the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for me, like, you go back to when we first acquired Brooks Lennon, you know, he he definitely was a, a right-sided player, you know, played some right wing, played some right back. And so he's kind of one of those, like, tweener kind of players. I don't think he's a full-time winger necessarily because I don't think he can be that dangerous. But, uh, you know, I think at right back, especially in this system where uh, the midfielder drops between the center backs and the, and the full backs push forward to provide width, I think Brooks Lennon is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, he he's de- definitely his game. The most valuable part of this game is his offensive contributions, especially his crossing. And uh, I've always said that his crossing is is at least decent and will only get better, um, you know, as, as, as he gets comfortable. And I think that, yeah, I think I think it's fair, you know, based on how he's played so far, I think it's fair that he is. Uh, he has sort of claimed that position for now, and he's the man to beat. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we we do have depth, and that's you know that's all well and good. And I'm sure that that depth will come in handy as the season goes on. But um, you know, at the same time, you know, you don't you don't have to uh, fix what's not broken. And Brooks Lennon definitely isn't broken. So I think that uh, I'm I'm happy for him honestly to see that he has uh, found his role in this team. And I always felt like in this system in particular, he could thrive. Yeah, 
And uh, he also pops up in some uh, central spots as well throughout matches, and uh, like his chance. And uh, yeah, he had a left-footed chance at some point as well. And so it's definitely uh, he's you know kind of really growing into the team, but also uh, I think in the team mentality. In the uh, post-match quote, he said, "A draw is not good enough for Atlanta United." Really like to see that. Uh, mm-hmm. And Gabriel Hainsey was also asked if this was a good result. And uh, he said, a good result is a win. So definitely, you know, the uh, the mentality, I think, is right. Uh, they are definitely uh, not accepting this as good enough. And mm-hmm. last year, yeah, maybe this would have been a good enough result, especially since we were uh, 0-2-2 and against them in terms of wins, draws, and losses. So, you know, we... Uh, need to flip this on its head again and uh you know get as many joseph laughing at orlando's after the match uh, out there into the meme verse as possible so it's uh you know something that's uh you know hopefully we can build on this we uh the other times that we play them we can uh you know get those w's but uh, yes, next up will be Chicago Fire on Saturday, and then the following match after that, uh, possibly before we film our next uh, five-chart weekly, will be against the Philadelphia Union in the Champions League. So that will be a, a busy kind of, uh, kind of you know, I guess, week going forward. But anyway, let's get on into the news and congrats to Miles Robinson for making the MLS Team of the Week for Week 1. He uh, definitely, like uh, we just mentioned in the uh, match review, that he had you know team high 10 recoveries. I mean, he was definitely, I think, the man of the match. He, uh, you know, he is that safety valve for us in the back and, uh, you know, well-deserved for him. And uh, mm-hmm. yes, Again, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, announcement that we are playing Philadelphia Union in the first leg of the CCL quarterfinals on Tuesday. That will be at the Benz, and then the second leg will be at Subaru Park, uh, and that's on May 4th. And uh, both are at 8 p.m. But uh, moving on from that, uh, LA United are the reigning, reigning U.S. Open uh, Cup holders, possibly. <laughs> but uh, just joking, obviously, but uh, maybe. <laughs> you never know. Uh, I mean. Yeah, that's how we got into the Champions League this year. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, basically the U.S. Open Cup has announced that the 2021 uh, Cup will be canceled uh, with a chance of rescheduling later in the year. And uh, that's, yeah, another, it's that 160-year tradition that already ended in 2020. Uh, But, um, yeah, they had just shortened the teams to 16 last month. uh, And they were prioritizing the start of the season. But now for, you know, I think reasons maybe we can speculate that uh, it is canceled, I think, largely due to the pandemic still happening and maybe fixture congestion possibly. But uh, what what do you gather from why they have canceled it uh just the reasons you said i think a fixture congestion and we have to uh well this is only american-based teams but uh yeah i think it, it has to do with fixture congestion probably making the uh and probably just making the travel simpler i mean like you look at the even the mls regular season schedules and they obviously prioritized uh cutting down on travel so i think that's probably just part of that initiative yeah and uh so let's move on. Uh, Joseph Martinez, uh, he talked about 
uh, a lot of things with CBS Sports, but uh, this main caveat, uh, talking about how special Atlanta is to him, he spoke saying, Atlanta is my home until the day it's not possible. This is my home always. And uh, we knew this, that uh, Jose Martinez, uh, you know, he basically doesn't want to leave Atlanta unless he's forced to. And, uh, you know, we, all, I think as a fan base collectively, pretty much all say the same deal. Like, yes, please stay forever until, mm-hmm. you know, whenever, uh, you know, you want to hang it up, essentially. But, uh, but uh, Joseph also talked about taking it one step at a time. Uh, he's saying he just wants to finish a game, 90 minutes. Uh, he says, as a striker, you're always thinking about goals. But to me, it's about finishing the game. That, to me, is key. And, uh, yeah, I think he's taking baby steps. You know, for sure. That's, uh, you know, the way to go forward. I think uh, if he's wanting too much of, like, you know, uh, expecting too much of himself, it's good that he's not right now. And um, I think he was definitely trying to change his juju a little bit. Uh, He cut off the man bun, and uh, now it's all buzzed uh, with a little bit of, still that little bit of hair coloring inside of it uh, Mm -hmm. for his haircut. But... Uh, yeah, wasn't able to change the juju quite yet at uh, Orlando City, but uh, hopefully he can hit the back of the net soon. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a new, different haircut this week. It's just how he operates usually around match weeks. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, in terms of this, doesn't affect him too much, but seems like the team got the second vaccination on Sunday. So, you know, definitely... Uh, well in enough time to avoid having any of the side effects affect them on Saturday. But, um, you know, definitely good to see them getting their second vaccination. So they're good to go in a sense. But, uh, yeah, also some various uh, kind of squad news. Uh, very interesting in terms of Eric Lopez not able to make a match day squad yet. But uh, the manager was asked about uh, you know why he hasn't, and he said pretty much that lots of players are competing for spots, and uh, I have to make the best decision for the team. So, yeah, he's just uh, he's a 19 year old who's competing for spots, and so it's definitely going to be something that uh, you know he's got to earn. And um, you know, well, speaking right. of hurting though, this is going to be interesting. Uh, so Alan Franco, he uh, was not able to take part against Alajuelense because he was still working on his visa, but uh, yeah, he. Uh, seems to have uh, settled in because he was part of that 18 against Orlando. So, you know, that question that I asked you in the fan cam, I mean, I'll pretty much ask myself as well here, but is he a bang-on starter for the team's, uh, you know, for the team, you know, really, even though we have this pretty excellent defensive form so far, uh, you can kind of give the Cliff Notes version. I'll, you know, link up the uh, your fan cam uh you know in the corner but yeah do you think he's a bang on starter for uh for atlanta um i don't know about quite bang on but i would say i am 80 percent sure that he will be starting soon um if not this weekend you know i just think that with the money they paid for him and uh, i do feel like he will help as i was saying earlier will help the build up play um, I think that he'll also help get the best out of Miles, and he's already off to a good start. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that sooner sooner than later, Alan Franco will be starting. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, definitely an interesting argument. Uh, yeah, but like you mentioned, the fee, uh, also, you know, the form. Uh, I mean, he had been playing uh, pretty recently. 
uh, for right. Independiente as well. So there is, uh, you know, maybe not as big of a ramp up in that sense. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's got to be pretty much eventually pretty soon the starter, even though Anton walks. Uh, hasn't really put a ton of foot feet wrong, really. I mean, he uh, basically uh, could spell either of them, and uh, you know, pretty frequently. And I think that's, I think, kind of more for our depth. It's gonna be really great, I think, uh, in a lot of senses, uh, because also walks can play on the left and the right, clearly. And so, you know, mm-hmm. they're, uh, you know, we're gonna be look looking pretty decent in the back for sure. So uh, I think. Yeah, both of us say yes, in a sense, softly, that he's going to be, uh, you know, starting pretty soon. But uh, on to another player, Mateus Hesetu. Uh, He has been temporarily loaned to LA United 2 while he navigates the green card application process. And so when he completes that, uh, yeah, the midfielder will rejoin the first team without taking up an international spot. Uh, That's according to Felipe Cardenas. So, uh, yeah, that makes LA United roster compliant, and that also means that Marcelino Moreno is no longer a DP. Uh, those DPs now are Joseph Martinez, Ezekiel Barco, and, of course, Alan Franco. So, uh, very interesting, very, uh, you know, kind of uh, masterful maneuvering, really, to uh, pretty much loan him to LA United 2 for the time being in order to, uh, yeah, get him... Uh, you know, roster compliant, and uh, yeah, he d- definitely seemed like to be the man, uh, kind of uh, out a little bit because he pretty much hadn't taken part of preseason in a lot of the matches. Right. So, uh, we'll see how long it takes him to kind of ramp up and you know be a part of our midfield. But uh, because right now currently we are out two midfielders in that sense, uh, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of fixtures, and hopefully we can get them uh, you know back into the rotation <coughs> very soon. But, uh, yeah, also for the uh, match against Orlando City, we also signed Rocco Rios Novo to another short-term agreement. Uh, That was because it's an extreme hardship uh, because, yes, MLS can sign players from uh, their reserve squads and whatnot to these kind of uh, cases. Uh, But because both... Ben Lundgaard and Alec Can were both out uh, with Alec Can with the shoulder and then Lundgaard with the lower body. Uh, That's, yeah, we needed to. And this won't count, uh, apparently, towards the two that he's already had in CCL and basically any cup games uh, in the future. So, uh, yeah, that will be having to be done probably uh, until they are healthy and hopefully they can come back healthy soon. But, um, yeah, Rios Novo, I mean... I want to see him in the league too. That'd be interesting, but uh, I don't think he's going to start above uh, Kuzan unless uh, you know something else happens, and hopefully that doesn't. Not happen. yet, not <laughs> yet. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if there was any uh, controversy among. Well, I don't know if there's any discussion. I should say among the fans about who should start a goalkeeper, but I think that uh, right now you roll with Kuzan. It's too soon to make that change, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I, I think uh, Rio Snow probably needs the time with the twos anyway. So mm-hmm. hopefully he can. Uh, rejoin the twos and actually play for them soon. Um, hopefully, the other keepers can get healthy. So, exactly, yeah, getting him regular minutes and then hopefully, uh, you know, if he shows out, 
uh, on this loan, then maybe you know we can actually buy him permanently. But um, right. you know we'll have to see. And uh, obviously, there's a smaller contingent that are already wanting people to sign, or wanting the team to sign him to a first team contract. Uh, we're out of roster spots, so uh, we probably should not do that yet. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and partially why also we uh, have signed MLS Super Draft pick Josh Bauer. Uh, and that was our 2021 Super Draft pick, of course. Center back, uh, we signed him to a one-year contract with three additional option years. And uh, that's so MLS, that's just ridiculous. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three right. optional years. But uh, yes, he was our first uh, selection in this year's Super Draft, being number 31 overall. But uh, yeah, Bocanegra said that he did well during preseason, and then he'll add competition to our uh, pretty much defensive group. So, you know, good to see that, uh, you know, someone that we drafted is going to be signed uh, because, yes, it is one of those, like, uh, the other guy, Aiden McFadden, I don't think has been signed. I don't think was invited to the preseason. So, you know, we'll see if uh, maybe he will take part with Atlanta 2 or something like that later on. We don't know, but we'll be uh, finding out soon, of course. But... Uh, anyway, let's move on into the match preview against the Chicago Fire. It's on Saturday. It's the 24th at uh, 8 p.m. at the Benz. Uh, and so, yes, the Chicago Fire, they finished 11th place in the Eastern Conference last season. A place above us. We were 12th, of course. 23 points and uh, 33 goals for and 39 goals against. Uh, for context, we only scored 23 goals. So, you know, uh, it's uh, we were both as dire as each other. But uh, they, <laughs> they were just slightly, they edged us in uh, a little bit of that. Not slightly. 10 goals is a lot, actually. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, anyway, uh, so in terms of their key acquisitions from the offseason, Slanislav Ivanov uh, is... Their winger, uh, he was signed from Levski Sofia, a 21-year-old. Uh, he has five seasons of professional experience, so pretty impressive there uh, in terms of that type of signing. Uh, but he will miss the first half of the season. He's undergoing knee surgery. Uh, a John Espinoza, uh, he joins Chicago from Ecuadorian side C.D. Aquas. And uh, he's a defender who uh, most likely will play right back, but... Uh, yeah, he's kind of the latest member of Ecuador's uh, strong 2019 FIFA Under-20 World Cup team to uh, make it to MLS. And also, Ignacio Aliceda, another young player. Uh, Aliceda is the third DP for Chicago Fire. Uh, he was signed during the previous offseason. And um, yeah, the Argentine hasn't really shown uh, a ton. He's shown some flashes. But uh, yeah, he's got to find a little bit more consistency, possibly. But uh, yeah, he uh, had a pretty impressive preseason, apparently, and uh, so he could maybe show out in 2021. Uh, key losses for them, Jordi Mihaljevic, uh, definitely their homegrown midfielder. He was uh, traded to CF Montreal this winter, and uh, basically they might be putting their kind of stocks into Alaseda instead for their creativity. And, uh, yeah, Mihailovic, he did have two goals and seven assists uh, in 2020. So, you know, pretty good for a, a young player. And so they'll be missing some production there. And, of course, CJ Sapong as well. Uh, he basically, that veteran forward has moved on to Nashville SC. So, uh, anyway, yeah, they had a pretty 
kind of comprehensive rebuilds uh, kind of recently. And then this year, they kind of went through a little bit more of a continuity type of thing. And, you know, mm -hmm. just uh, being one point away from being in the playoffs, they uh, try to pretty much go for a little bit more stability. But uh, it's right. year number two for Raphael Wiki. And so, uh, you know, we'll see if they... Uh, get through to uh, what his ideas uh, and what he wants to do, but uh, definitely last season they got the better of us a little bit. Uh, that two 0 win, uh, yeah, not spectacular season for us last year, of course. But right. we uh, are four and four against them in terms of uh, wins and losses. So basically, it's pretty much tied up. This is the the rubber game <laughs> for yeah. it. But uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, how we do in this, of course, uh, basically, I think at home we usually play them well, and then at, away we play them as poor as possible. So oh, man. How it goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, uh, yeah, kind of last season notwithstanding a little bit. But, uh, yes, the referee, the center referee will be Alan Chapman in this match. Uh, of course, uh, we drew our last match, won the uh, previous two. They drew the uh, previous one against the New England Revolution 2-2. Uh, yeah, they had some uh, pretty pretty delicious looking goals to be honest. I'm gonna yes. give them props that uh, yeah, there was a, a nice tiki taka goal that uh, they really did some business on, sliced open the revolution for sure. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, they they you know they got they came flying out of the box. I mean, they scored their first goal in the fifth minute, second goal in the eleventh minute. Uh, as you said, some nice tiki taka. On the first goal, you saw the right back getting forward, playing a one-touch pass across the across the box for a tap-in, and then the second goal, you, again some uh, you know some nice interplay on the left. They switched the ball over to the right side of the penalty area, and um, and then uh, Stojanovic making that run from midfield uh, and finishes. And so you know it looks like they for a second it looked like it would run New England off the field, but New England tied the game within ten minutes, and so. Um, you know that that may be a summary of, of what to expect from Chicago, a team that's going to be aggressive and going to want to get forward and get on the ball, but also a team that's going to give up chances. Right, and that's hopefully what we can do. But uh, yes, getting to, into their players to watch, uh, Ford Robert Barrich, uh, who uh, earned the Man of the Match honors uh, in this match uh, against the Revolution. Uh, yeah, here he notched his first goal and his first assist of the season. He, last season, led the team with 12 goals, uh, six of which were so, uh, scored at Soldier Field. So uh, he's keeping it pretty even, home and away. But, uh, yeah, he's pretty much been as advertised, kind of uh, that plug-and-play center forward who's going to get them goals. And so hopefully, uh, you know, we don't really allow him to do that uh, because 12 goals in 23 games, pretty good return. I would say that's, uh, you know... Yeah. For most uh, teams, that's yeah, pretty freaking decent. That's one every other game, essentially. More more than one yeah. every other game. But uh, another player to watch is midfielder Gaston Jimenez. Uh, he's an Argentine defensive midfielder and pretty much kind of the foundational piece in their, uh, in their squad. Uh, he dictates possession for them, and he shields the back line. Yeah, solid number six. And uh, yes, also midfielder Alvaro Madron. He's kind of more of... Uh, the midfield partner for Jimenez, kind of playing a bit deeper, maybe than expected, but uh, he had two goals and six assists in his first season for the Fire. So, yeah, pretty decent return, uh, kind of as his midfield partner. So, 
We'll definitely need to keep an eye on him as well. But, uh, of course, for Atlanta, uh, go ahead, Mark. Who are guys that uh, you know maybe the Fire fans, if they're tuning in, should look out for? Uh, so you may have heard of Joseph Martinez. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, you know, as we said before, he's working his way back. And so, uh, but I think, you know, as long as he's on the field as an opponent, you're definitely going to keep your eye on him. I think uh, Barco is going to be uh, leaned on for creating chances and possibly even scoring, you know, as we mentioned. Um, right now, it's, Atlanta's sort of hurting for goals a little bit, so maybe Barco is that guy who's uh, who needs to step up and create and score chances for the team. Uh, Sosa, you know, speaking of as good as advertised, man, I mean, he's been so solid at the back uh, or you know at the bottom at the base of the midfield, uh, recovering possession, really dictating things. Um, and so, you know, as I was, as I said in our preview, like as long as he's healthy, I expect him to play. Uh, this season and uh moreno you know moreno has been moved around a bit you know he's played right wing he's played left wing of course last season he was more of a an eight it'll be curious to see you know if he is in the lineup where he plays because uh at the end of the day he was one of our dp players you know he is a player who uh is will look to progress the ball at his best at least from what we've seen and so um you know, maybe the key to Atlanta finding their form is through Moreno. But uh, I would say definitely those are, those four players are probably are the uh, the standout players for any team scouting Atlanta. Yeah. And, of course, Miles Robinson, uh, you know, he's the guy that uh, most teams are going to try to uh, get past. And, well, good luck because uh, <laughs> basically – he is our definitely rock in the back. But uh, in terms of uh, injuries and availability, seemingly Chicago is completely fine. Uh, so uh, great for them. But uh, for <laughs> us, <laughs> Mo Adams uh, with the hernia surgery, he's still recovering. He's still out. Alec Can and Ben Lungard, as previously mentioned, with their shoulder and lower body injuries are out, and Mateus Susetu is no longer part of the first team at the moment, so he will not take part either. But uh, getting into the opponent's previous 11, uh, basically they went with Shuttleworth, Sekulic, Kapilov, Calvo, and Bornstein in the back, uh, Madron, Jimenez, and Frankowski, uh, and Stojanovic, uh, and Offer in the midfield, and then Ford being Barich. So, uh, definitely, uh, you know, the players that we mentioned before in terms of that, uh, you know, I think the uh, players that, you know, to watch, but in terms of their shape, you know, they definitely, uh, they have some players that like to get forward, you know, and they definitely, uh, you know, will be pretty much playing through Barrich, definitely. So, um, you know, it's one of those, we will have to make sure very early that uh, they cannot play the tiki-taka through us. And uh, so basically yeah. making sure we press them high and, uh, you know, basically disrupt the play as quickly as possible. So uh, they cannot get a full head of steam. But uh, that gets yeah. us to our predicted starting 11. And <clears throat> yes, let's get through the six together. Uh, yeah, go ahead and um, say your keeper and back line, Mark. Yeah, so of course my keeper is going to be Guzan. Uh, he retains his spot on the back line. Uh, I've got Lennon, uh, Robinson. I think Alan Franco makes his debut this weekend from the start. And Bello. Uh, 
but uh yeah you know the back line has been so strong so reliable and as i said i, I believe that franco uh probably needs to play so <clears throat> yeah and uh so yeah with that match on tuesday against the philadelphia union i think uh yeah we probably will see some rotation i don't think we would rotate against uh, such a strong side against uh, philadelphia union and so maybe the uh you know the sides that uh we saw early on are the kind of strongest sides that maybe Gabriel Hansa thinks. Uh, and basically, this would be the rotation match a little bit. So I have, uh, yes, Guzan between the six, but Hernandez kind of uh, coming in for Brooks Lennon, uh, give him a little bit of a breather, and then maybe you know they can sub each other out uh, if Hernandez isn't fully match fit. But uh, yes, Robinson as well, and Franco for me also gets the nod, uh, walks, uh, doesn't deserve to be dropped whatsoever, but, uh, you know, it's just tough. Like, you want to start working in Alan Franco, and I think uh, this is the match to do it for sure. But, Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Bello for me as well here, uh, although Ambrose could uh, spell him a little bit in this match finally. I mean, he I think Bello has played uh, 90 for a good bit of them, and so, uh, you know, it is something that uh, we maybe look to do, but getting into the midfields, uh, I think that's what's interesting because it was Hyman, Sosa, and Barco uh, against Orlando City. What do you think it's going to be uh, for Chicago Fire? Uh, so I think it's going to be Sosa. I think Ibarra returns, and we've seen a lot of Hyman early on, and so I think that uh, he will retain his spot, sort of being that eight, sort of being that midfielder who's tasked with getting in the box um, that could be a source of goals and assists as well as we search mm -hmm. for a goal scorer. So, um, yeah, so say about a Heinemann. Yeah, and that's a great shout. Um, yeah, because definitely in the search for goals and people uh, and you know players on the team that are clinical, uh, Heinemann, yeah, I mean, I think when he gets into the box, he has shown some ability for sure. And so, uh, But for me, I think uh, because he also... Uh, yeah, started last match. I feel like uh, Abara is needed a little bit more to really break up the play. Um, I think he will, in this rotation bit, be the starter there uh, over Heinemann. And the rest of that uh, midfield is the same in Sosa and Barco. But uh, let's get into the forward line then. Who do you got? So, uh, Mulraney is also another player that's been getting some chances. So, I think he'll actually start at right wing, you know, being that inverted winger. Uh, I think this is a good match to start Joseph, uh, you know, let him get another 60, maybe 70, maybe 80 minutes. But I think this is a this is a case where you start him, especially since he didn't start last week. And, uh, and Barco, I think, uh, comes in at left wing. Uh, obviously, you know, Barco, the way he plays, he's going to drift a bit. But uh, in terms of being a forward... I think that Barco will be one of those forwards. So, Moreni, Joseph, and Barco for my forward line. Yeah, uh, I see that. Uh, yeah, and we have two different uh, wingers pretty much. But I, I think Jurgen Dom, this is a match for him uh, to be able to maybe uh, stretch Chicago Fire a little bit more and <laughs> kind of maybe hopefully pin them back uh, with his pace and uh, you know maybe not allow them to be so forward-thinking in that sense. And... Uh, and so he won't be uh, also, you know, I think there's been an issue of some space as well. We really need kind of that outlet and uh, some width at times. And so maybe Jurgen Dom can be that for us. Um, and Moreno on the left for me. 
I think, uh, yeah, he'll offer that, uh, that tracking back that uh, will also help back, uh, you know, Barco as well as, you know, some of our midfield. So, uh, you know, we'll still have some outlets in Dom and Joseph. We'll have some players that we can still uh, hurt uh, Chicago Fire indeed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I have Joseph up top. And, yeah, spoiler. But uh, basically... Yeah, I think uh, this is that type of perfect match for him to, you know, get a longer run out. Uh, it essentially has been a kind of swap of either Licha Lopez or Joseph Martinez uh, for each math match, essentially, anyway. And I think this is a perfect one to uh, kind of get him more integrated, uh, some longer minutes. I don't know about 80 minutes, but maybe yeah, a good 70 would be uh, pretty mm -hmm. decent for uh, for Joseph here. But uh, maybe yeah. some second half subs for uh, Barco for Chol, uh, because Barco's been playing a good number of minutes. Uh, and then, <laughs> of course, yeah, Alicia for uh, for Joseph, of course. But let's uh, get in into... Terms of, uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Just real quick. In terms of potential subs, I hope Eric Lopez makes the bench, because mm -hmm. uh, I think that, you know, we could possibly use Eric Lopez's spark, you know, especially as, again, we are searching for goals. Uh, he seems to be a player that can help provide that. So uh, I would like to see some minutes for Eric Lopez this weekend. Yeah, uh, hopefully. So I, I agree. It's definitely one of those where uh, it's up to Hainsey, of course, that, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like uh, so far he's proven to, uh, you know, to Hainsey that he could uh, be part of the squad for some reason. But early days yet. Anyway, but uh, so let's get into what we'd like to see the team do in this match. I think, uh, of course, number one, be clinical. Uh, we've gotten our chances in front of goal and we need to put them away. Uh, we need to watch out for those runs in behind and for the quick, incisive play that uh, they've shown so far. And so, uh, yeah, we definitely need to just get ahead of that. And uh, obviously that's difficult to, to defend anyway. But, uh, you know, basically just... Uh, try to uh, crowd their spaces as much as we can so they cannot do that. But uh, basically, yeah, press them uh, and counter-press them as we normally would. But uh, anything uh, you want to add in terms of what you want to see? One thing I would like to see Elaine and I do is really win that territorial battle. You know, we saw Chicago, you know, versus New England, Chicago had about 50% possession. Uh, they had about 20 shots. Um and so, you know, they were very uh, eager to get forward, you know, and wanting to get on the ball. But at the same time, they gave up chances. They gave up 13 shots. New England hit the bar in the final minutes. And one thing, too, uh, the first goal came off a corner. First, New England's first goal, rather, came off a corner. Their second goal came off a throw-in. And that chance in the end I mentioned where they hit the bar also came off a corner. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I think Atlanta United need to consider that may be a potential weakness for this team. But uh, definitely in general, just make Chicago defend for long stretches of time. Really keep the ball away from them. You know, really pin them back. And uh, I think if they if Atlanta do that successfully, they will get their chances. Hmm. I like that. And so, yes, let's get into our score prediction then. What do you got, Mark? Uh, feeling a little optimistic. I'm going to say 3-1. You know, it's just, it seems like Chicago... Uh, wants to play uh, a more open style of play. Now, will they approach Atlanta different, especially being away from home this uh, this upcoming weekend? Maybe, possibly. But uh, based on what we saw week one, I think that uh, this is going to be an exciting game, and I think Atlanta United will come out on top. 
Yeah, uh, I definitely like that. I would love that to happen. Uh, I'm a little bit more reticent to, to call it a dub, but uh, I have it as a 2-2 draw. Uh, definitely a lot of goals still, but I think, uh, you know, going in line with kind of, you know, how our scoring form has been, uh, two goals is optimistic maybe right now as well, but, uh, you know, hopefully... The uh, the floodgates open and we start to uh, I think start start to show our potential a little bit, but uh, and maybe a little bit, uh, you know, maybe with a false bravado, possibly if Chicago goes on their kind of two nil uh, win they had against us last season, they're thinking, oh, you know, we might be a little bit, uh, you know, of a you know easy opponent maybe possibly, and uh, we'll just uh, kind of hopefully do your your score line and blow them out a little and uh that'll be good i think uh you know i would uh totally accept if it was uh you know a four nil and a uh <laughs> and a clean sheet or something like that that'd be right, wonderful right, right. to start uh getting us into some uh some confidence but Anyway, that wraps it up for the match preview and gets us to our question of the day. And our question of the day, because it's absolutely trending all over the world right now, but uh, what if a Super League was started in North America? What would your thoughts be, guys? Let us know in the comments below. Obviously, it's a big thing of contention right now in Europe with the Europe, uh, European Super League. But uh, yeah, would you want to see it? Would you, uh, you know, accept this happening in North America? Is it kind of already kind of being alluded to with, uh, you know, kind of the merger uh, talks between MLS and Liga MX? It see. seems like, yeah, between that and League Cup, I mean, it seems like that's what they want anyway. So we might see it sooner than later. Indeed, indeed. But let us know in the comments below. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what you have to say. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.